You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Intro music. Intro music for the Big Blurt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Blurt. I am one of your co-hosts, Rob Gletty, and I am not a journalist, but my friend Bill is, and this is my best friend, Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi, Rob. What's up? Bill, the Minecraft Doodle Dandy. Bill is Fox Fan of the World. Uh, if this is your first episode, tuning in. For those of you who don't know, uh, Bill and I are old friends from college who met because of our shared love of the White Sucks. And uh, we love them and the entire city of Chicago very, very much. Um, we have a lot on the plate this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Dylan Cease's resurgence. We're going to talk about the injury woes that are just plaguing us. Uh, we're going to talk about a possibly stinky poo holes, but uh, first, we're going to talk about another poo hole, Tony Larusa, who is stinking up the joint. I thought you needed to be good to get into the Hall of Fame, Bill. Yeah, I mean, he would. Uh, okay, let's be clear. I think he he was absolutely one of the best managers in the game for yeah, sure. Used to be, used to be, and he's but he's been out of the but he's been out of the game for over eleven years or eleven. Oh, so really quickly. If we're, we're recording this now on Thursday, May sixth, and uh, yesterday there was a big series finale against the Reds, where uh, there was essentially a decision made by the dugout to send Liam Hendricks out as a runner, and uh, in a game tied situation. Not the best call because it could have been a Brayu, who, granted, isn't the best. Uh, arguably, probably slower than than Hendricks. 
I don't know that that's true, actually. And in fact, I would rather just have the experienced base runner, even if it was somebody who's like used to run track in high school, but it's a pitcher. Why would you want a pitcher in the American League running the bases? That's my question. But it's compounded by the fact that this dude has completely neglected to make smart pinch hitting situations. He has put Leary Garcia and Billy Hamilton in the biggest hitting scenarios of the year so far with plenty of other options on the table to do so. He's forgotten about challenge rules. He didn't know the base runner rule. I mean, is this guy drunk? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, okay. So first of all, the rule that he didn't know, it's obviously been implemented, but but uh, every manager knows that. Every manager had an education of the rules before the season started. So Larusa should have absolutely known that. Had it paid off? Like, we don't know if, if Abreu was on second base. If he did that rule and Abreu was on second, we don't know that they would Abreu would have come in. But I agree with you that he is obviously a more heads-up base runner. Why, did, why didn't they – it's Billy Hamilton, one of the best drag bunters in baseball. Why don't you run the – Mr. Manufacturer Runs doesn't run the suicide squeeze. Yeah. I mean, it is it – is, it, it was ridiculous, and the fact that, that – he did not know this rule. That's the thing. The thing is, he didn't know this rule. This is this is the tenth strike against him this year of something a mental a big mental mistake like that. I do not think it's hyperbole to say he's lost us six games this year. I think I, I would say probably yeah. With his pull, with polling pitchers, with with uh, you know taking out starters when he did. Um, he I could I go out way too long twice. Right. And the, the first, the first week, I remember he was pulling the starting pitchers out after four and I get it. You want to save their arms, but like, that's, those are games. Those are, those are regular season games that we could have won. Right. You know? And so, so we yeah, I think. fired a guy for misusing the bullpen. Right. I, exactly. What, what else? So, said? so I think, I think it's, yes, there is uh when people are like, well, it wouldn't have mattered. Hendricks was Hendricks is, less speed or or the same speed but you also you just signed you just signed this guy for what 55 56 mil around that range million dollars for three or four years and he slides into third and breaks his collarbone at you right so like what? okay yeah. yeah and you're you're so you're sending this guy who's also not your average or not a base runner at all and he doesn't know heads up base plays and he's not gonna he's not gonna be there obviously billy hamilton comes up you guys if you have a if or a leary and you have a guy on first and third you're going to send a Bray you there. You're yeah. going to send a Bray you, and you're going to take that out at home. You have one out and you have two, a guy on first and second. Exactly. Okay. You're going to take those risks, but with Liam there, you're not going to. And that was a big mistake. And then, yeah, to your point where, where uh, Garcia and Hamilton have been, were at the most pivotal moment of the game. They were the ones that batting that happens a thousand times. That is this year. That is what this year, like, Look, like if you I make- actually, I think Leary Garcia gets a bad rap among Sox fans. He is an incredible contributor at multiple positions. I don't know that there's a bench player who does quite as much as he can being a switch hitter, hitting from both sides of the plate pretty effectively and being a pretty above average defender at like seven positions a really utilizable tool off the bench. He is not on the bench. Now, I understand we're riddled with injuries. We're going to get to that in a second. But Leary Garcia and Billy Hamilton, I don't care that they're switch-hitting veterans. You need to take them out and put in bats like Andrew Vaughn, the number one offensive prospect in baseball last year, 
Uh, Zach Collins, the number one power hitting catcher prospect of the last half a decade. You have them sitting on your bet in a couple occasions. Your mean Mercedes, who's a top five MVP candidate, and you sit him on the bench to let Billy Hamilton scrape it out. Right? Yep. I just yep. don't get it, man. I mean, you also had, you also had Danny Mendick, didn't? Wasn't Danny Mendick up Danny at that time? Mendick. Dances for dubs. Dude, he makes good contact with the ball. He makes good contact, like yeah. Danny. I'd rather have him up there than Billy Hamilton. Yeah, and but I mean, Billy I like, Hamilton yeah. was signed to be what Gerard Dyson was last year. And unfortunately, Tony LaRussa seems to think that Billy Hamilton's bat is the equivalent of, you know, Mike Trout Jr. And I just don't understand the knowledge. The, 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 you're, you're supposed to be this elder statesman who understands the game, who scouts it properly. I could go out there and run this team better than he is. I haven't been on a baseball field other than to sing a national anthem in yeah. over a decade. Well, Billy, I mean, Billy Hamilton had had a, a few good years offensively, right? And then he kind of took a downturn. But Larusa had not. Larusa was not around really when Billy Hamilton was in his prime. Offense from Billy Hamilton—that's even a stretch. Even in his best year, I know. three hundred. Yeah, I mean, he's not a hitter. He's he's that, a he's Nick Madrigal without the plate vision. Yes. Yeah. He is a worse Nick Madrigal, who's by the way has played in what. 50 major league games i mean anyway listen all this to say billy i i wanted to give tony larusa the benefit of the doubt but in all sincerity at this point i'd rather have albert pujols come in and imagine this and manage this team as long as jerry doesn't sign yeah. up play which thankfully it looks like they won't so we'll in a second but but billy billy we do have something to celebrate and it is that the ethan katz project is working Dylan Cease looks real all of the sudden. And not all of a sudden. I shouldn't say all of a sudden. As you know, he has had some real flashes in the pan, like looks legit. And you have to wonder, is it just a flash? You will it can he sustain it on the long term? I don't know. But if the last two star I mean, listen, Detroit, sure, but the Reds are a good team, a great offense this year. Yeah, one of the top offenses in the MLB when we played them, at least, you know, I mean, or, so I don't know that that will be the case at the end of the year, but I will say that Dylan Cease's uh, curveball has dropped off the face of the earth. And, and let's, let's remember that in spring training, Dylan Cease was killer. So we knew that I, we knew that this guy could pitch. We knew that this guy was good and he was good. There's a reason we kept him, right? Uh, I think he just got in his head when he, the, the moment he got ripped and when Otani knocked a, the fastest home run ball out of any park uh, in the first series against the angels. Yeah. He's uh, a beast. You yeah. Know. Right. So I think it looks, you know, Dylan's got, Dylan has that young anxiety that, that uh, pitchers face. And if he overcomes that with a few more good starts, I think he'll be one of the best, like <laughs> he'll be absolutely the best number four starter in the league. Uh, but I, he's dropped his, he's dropped his ERA down to Michael, two. the fifth best pitcher on our team now. That's crazy. Yeah, he's also he just after last game too. I mean, our our pitching, our starting pitching at least looks amazing. I mean, first of all, I owe a huge apology to Rick Hahn because I will, and it, honestly, it's more to Jerry that I'm sure this was in the hands of. I, I was very skeptical of the Rodon signing. I, I remember thinking that I love. I've always loved Rodon. I thought bringing him in was, or uh, drafting him was a great choice. A power lefty. You know, he deserved to be number three overall, and I was super high on him. I just didn't 
who, th- who would think he could stay healthy? He hasn't. But honest to God, I don't think that there is a better dollar-for-dollar player in the major leagues this year than Carlos Rodon. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He, uh... $3 million he's going to make this year. To Right now, he's a Cy Young candidate. He's top five in the league in ERA. Top. Absolutely. The... 10K per nine rate. I mean, the dude is just off the charts. I mean, who's the better pitcher in the American League? Nobody. Right now, nobody, right? right? Now, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, like maybe Garrett Cole? And, no, not even not even Garrett Cole, because I remember there was a huge fuss and at the end of April when they announced the players, and it's cool that Yerman got it, but Rodon deserved Pitcher of the Month. Rodon deserved Pitcher of the Month. Here. And they gave it to Garrett Cole. I think they were just nervous about giving it to two White Sox players, which is a dumb maybe, a, and I have no, that's speculation. I have no idea, but... but Oh, no, Rodon should have been AL Pitcher of the Month. 100%. So the only, the only other person I think that has an ERA lower than him is DeGrom. And DeGrom is, you know, already a Hall of Famer. I think right. at this point, no one can deny that. He, he is, he, he's going to surpass Tom Seaver as, you know, the best Met pitcher of all time. And, uh, I mean, Rodon is in the conversation for, you know, the Cy Young already. You have to legitimately give him a look for that. He threw a f- no-hitter. Yeah. He threw a no-hitter. He threw a no-hitter, and he doesn't, he doesn't win AL Pitcher of the Month. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Speaking of which, way too many no hitters this way year. Too many no hitters. John Means. Listen, I like John Means. I don't know that. Listen, the, the Mariners. I knew they were going to come down to earth a little bit. It's about time. Uh, good for John Means. I mean, goodness gracious, great timing on the schedule, and what an opportunity. I I sure hope that uh, I hope that the Orioles know how to maximize that for some tra- prospect capital though because I don't know John Means doesn't have the stuff to be a true ace in my he's, he he's like the he's like a Phil Humber in my opinion I don't know that I would say that low uh, that might be a little harsh I do think he has the capability of being like a one A certainly yeah. a two or a three but I certainly don't think that he's going to be like I don't think John Means is ever going to turn into you know. Jacob DeGrom or Garrett Cole or anybody on the top yeah. of the spectrum like that. He's not a Trevor Bauer. He doesn't have that kind of stuff. Um, but Rodon is looking like this man could be dominant all year. If he Listen, he doesn't uptick his velocity until the last three innings. He's yeah. throwing 91 to 93 in the first three innings. And by inning seven through nine, he's throwing in the 99s. I mean, it's ridiculous. This man can heave it. And I, I'm so glad they signed him. And you know now Dylan Cease, who finally looks like he's keeping his feet under him when he throws. That's that's been the big shift I've noticed. This man is keeping his body over his feet, and he his control is matching. Man, he that fastball is electric. His slider is great when he spots it. His changeup looks awesome. Yeah, he must yeah. be getting some pointers from Lynn and Giolito on that. And then yeah, we have a Lynn and Giolito. If the if the White Sox pitching staff stays healthy, I'm not super worried about the offense. I mean, I, I do think that th- look, the Twins are awful. I cannot believe how bad they look. And they just lost Buxton. Man, that's not good for them. But you know, the, uh, who's the other big contender for us in in this division? The Cleveland. Royals? No, nah, Royals are going to drop off. Royals will drop off. They can get on base against Cleveland. Yeah, what are they about? They're like about to be swept there? They're uh, they are they the Royals will drop off. They will drop off, and obviously there's so many miracles in baseball. So I could be wrong, but I'm almost ninety percent sure. And I feel for, like for the Royals to outperform the the Indians and the White Sox, and even the terrible Twins, right? 
you know, that, that, that would take a true miracle all for 162 games. They don't have their best power hitter is Carlos Santana. He can't hit 250. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Andrew Benintendi can hit 30 and 100 every year. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Listen, I think the base enough to move him. Whit Merrifield is their best offensive player. What kind of a risk does he really pose? I mean, he's certainly only going to go deep. What, 15, 20 times a year, maybe? I mean, he's that that offense is they're they're going to produce they're going to manufacture runs don't get me wrong i actually respect what the royals have done a fair amount with the very little budget they have and the low expectations they look decent so far but they they are in a very tough division and they're just the the twins aren't going to be this bad all year the twins are going to turn it on a little bit maeda is going to get his groove back cruz is going to start to mash the ball and he's still hitting 320 with eight homers and 25 rbi Calame is going to get some saves my, my favorite story in the american league central right now is the awful josh donaldson who signed with the twins a year and a half ago for 92 million dollars on five years to hit 215 with like what five homers over 75 games and he's like a defensive uh liability in the field i mean i am so grateful to thank you minnesota for taking josh donaldson as an albatross contract and a terrible hole in your lineup just when the white Sox are entering their prime window of competition that's so that's so great it is kind of nice feel bad for him but it is very nice just because it's the competition i I do kind of feel bad for minnesota i guess they just you know uh, uh, minnesota twins twitter is mighty nasty to put Mm -hmm. it lightly and uh needless to say there are some minnesotans who are eating some crow this year eh, there buds (laughs) (laughs) you know i think i think if 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 even if minnesota kind of kicks it into gear and then kansas city drops off a little bit and cleveland stays where they're at which is i think what will happen um though nobody's gonna stop the Sox. that is if the Sox can stay healthy i mean like getting these they get randomly there's like a guy that goes on the 10 day DL and then four days later, another guy gets on the 10 DL, they both come off and then somebody goes on the 10 day DL. So it's like they, once they fix that and they kind of find their groove and their routine, I think that'll be, I think that's going to be a big thing. Absolutely. You know, obviously you're out, you're out, Robert, you're out Jimenez. Um, Let's, look, that's a good segue. Let's talk about that for a second. You know, we're the injuries have hit us hard early we started the year off without Tim Anderson for two and a half weeks. We started the year off knowing that Eloy Jimenez is going to be out for four to five months. We just lost Luis Robert for two to three months, maybe longer. That's That might be optimistic for a grade three hip flexor strain. I mean, that's a complete tear. So I, I would suspect that he's out. Flexor, right. Months. Yeah, three months minimum. I've, I had a uh, calf strain, and it was grade two. And I was not fully back to normal. I, I, I was using it, but I wasn't a professional athlete. I, was, I wasn't really like back to normal for a good two months. And that was, you know, I don't think, I don't think a calf is quite as bad as a hip flexor. That, it's literally the pivot of your leg to your torso. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's a serious thing. I, he, there's a chance if he's not ready, he won't come back this season. I know. And that's, that's so, you know, we're just talking about how good the pitching is. Right. And let's just, let's just assume, let's play it safe. Let's say Eloy, they're going to, they're going to say, you know what? We don't, we don't want to risk it with you. You're just going to, you're going to rest this year. And Robert, same with you. You're going to rest this year. You're going to get better. And in 2022, when Adam Eaton can finally get the F out of here and, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, a, a supplemental move is made, 
we're going to rely on the pitching to push us through this year. If the White Sox pitching can stay healthy, I'm not really afraid of many teams. I think the White Sox can make a deep playoff push just on their rotation. And you have to remember, this doesn't include Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet, who, by the way, would start on any other team in Major League Baseball right now. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Crochet, we're a little worried about the injury, and we hope it's not serious. Sending you good vibes, my dude. But, you know, the White Sox pitching depth, despite the fact that Hendricks has kind of been struggling, and we'll talk about that in a bit, but the, the White Sox pitching staff has been excellent, maybe the best in baseball. Yeah, and I think that one of the biggest things that make him look bad whenever they do look bad is Larusa leaving them out too long or Larusa pulling somebody and putting somebody else in that probably shouldn't be in that situation. When Foster came in against the Mariners, when we were playing the Mariners, in, obviously in Seattle, um, what, he gave up like seven runs and, and Larusa didn't even walk out there and pull him. He just let him go. And, and it's like, I don't know if you, did you see what Lucas Giolito did as he left the field? Rightfully so. As he walked back past Ethan Katz in between, as they did the pitching change, he put his glove over his mouth and was screaming at the top of his lungs. You could just tell he was saying, what are you guys thinking? If I give up four runs and two hits, you come get me. I'm tired. Yeah. 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 This is Four like... professionals. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, these injuries have led to a lot of really interesting developments for the White Sox. They signed Brian Goodwin. I'm interested to see if he can progress. I'm not a big fan of his. And yeah, I never. I, I never want to get into the habit of, you know, God forbid we pick up Abel Pujols, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit too. But, you know, the last thing we need to do is pick up another, you know, minor league contract scrap and hope that they can turn it around for a championship contender team because Billy Hamilton has very clearly proven that that's not going to happen. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, I – I appreciate it. The money ball thing. We got to be careful because Jerry Reinsdorf is the owner and he doesn't care about anybody but his bank account. But regardless, the White Sox are contenders right now. Do you foresee any other options? You and I have talked about on this podcast, potential trade opportunities for the White Sox. Who do you think the White Sox could maybe go get, or do you think they should stick with Brian Goodwin? So they're going to, if the White Sox were to get somebody, and I think that, I think what I read was that they are going to shop around. They already are. They already are. Yeah. Right. Honestly, I mean, like, whatever, you can Eaton, you can throw Eaton into center. He's a guy that can go there. You obviously can't get, you can't put Vaughn there. I think Eaton's your best option. So you're going to be looking at somebody that's a right fielder or maybe a left fielder where you can switch Vaughn and whoever plays at right field. So they're going to be looking for somebody in the last year of their contract because their outfield is stacked after that. And they're not going to be, unless this person's a DH eventually, they're not going to be able to, to bring this person back. So I'm going to say, and like we've said it before, Chris Bryant is a huge option. And I think honestly, the year he's having, um, it kind of sucks. We might have to give up a little bit, but but it might be worth it if Rick Hahn is in the mindset of we went and we got Lance Lynn, we need to win now. Yeah. If he's not, if he's confident that Lance Lynn is going to pick him, that up. Who, who do you trade for Chris Bryant? I th- you throw a package. Capital. Uh, throw a package around Stever. Do you think they'd do that? I th- I think they do that. If I'm the Cubs, I'm demanding Jared Kelly for Br- for Bryant. That that's that's what I would do. It, personally, at this point, watching Stever, I know he's young and he's probably got a lot of work to do. But I mean, I would give up Stever for like you know a bench player. You know, I just don't think Stever factors into the pitching future of the White Sox during the next seven to ten years. 
sure. yeah. isn't the kind of guy who matches the rotation that we have. Do you know what I mean? Uh, boy, and after watching him come out the, the one time he got to this year, wow, that was not impressive. He was not, yeah, he was not confident. He had a good first out. outing last year. His second outing, he looked really bad, and this year he looked even worse. Yeah. I, I think... don't know that Stever has much value, unfortunately, but if Rick Hahn can sell him high, if you say, okay, we'll give you Stever and Thompson for Brian, I say you do that for sure. Totally. My, my best case scenario, I think, unfortunately, is that Bryant doesn't make sense for the White Sox. I don't know that, A, you want another power righty bat to worry about long-term, and, B, I don't know that you want a a cross-city rival coming across and then risk him stinking and then have to deal with that pickup. For me, what I would love to see happen and what I'm kind of hoping happens is a Joey Votto. I just am, I'm I'm a little wary of the White Sox giving the Rangers all of our farm system. You mean not Joey Votto? You mean uh, Joey Votto. Gallo? Gallo? Joey Joey Votto's out with a, a broken thumb. Yes. No. After, I, I, yeah. I, I was thinking about the Reds subconsciously. I'm sure, but yeah. um, Joey Gallo is probably the likely option. You know, he, he slots right into right field next year. You can put him at center field this year, and you know you can not pick up the option on Eaton and let him take over with Eloy staying in left and um you know maybe rotate uh Andrew Vaughn as a swing guy for DH first base left field while Abreu and Mercedes rock the first base DH full time and um maybe even let Vaughn get some right field play because I'll be honest with you Andrew Vaughn has a cannon and he has looked really surprisingly good in the outfield in his little limited experience that Tony LaRusso refuses to give him but my dream scenario would be that the White Sox go because listen, Gallo would be a great power bat right in the middle of the order. You put him five six. He's a lefty. The White Sox don't have enough, and he would fill in that role for eating really well. I would love to see the White Sox go get Cattell Marte. He can sure. play center field right now. You obviously would maybe consider moving Robert to right at that point. Which, by the way, he is a cannon too. I'm not mad about that. But if you do need to, you can move. Ketel Marte over to left, he can easily play left field if he can play center. You keep Robert in center, and then you can pick up the option on Eaton because defensively, Eaton's metrics go down in center field. You want he his best position is right. But if he's your ninth batter, that's not terrible. Now I wouldn't want to pay him eight and a half million dollars a year to be a nine hitter and a defensive specialist, but you know, if that's what you got to do to make championships come in, you got to do it. Ketel Marte is a switch hitting five tool phenom who can really fit into this lineup. I mean, he's, he's essentially Yoan Moncada with a little more speed and a little less power. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what you'd want. He's young. He's like 26 or something. That kid would fit in perfectly to this lineup. You can bat him one, you can bat him four, you can bat him seven. He would be awesome. And you, you also, you know, you think about the Diamondbacks, they're not going to compete. Of course, the Rangers aren't either. But again, if you're going to give up more farm system talent, you, first, if we if we make a trade for Joey Gallo, Texas Rangers are probably going to have five or six of our best prospects in their system over the course of two years for who? Lance Lynn, Gallo, and um, who did we trade uh, Steel Walker for? Oh, uh, Nomar Mazzara. Who, yeah, Nomar Mazzara. Good luck in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all this to say, 
for me, I'm like in the Gallo Marte boat. Do, do you think that Bryant is for sure the answer? Do you have other potential options you look at? No, um, no, I, I, well, you're 100% right. I think Marte would be awesome. I think Gallo would be awesome. Um, Bryant, the only reason is because he's having a killer year right now. Uh, and I hope he stays that way. Um, you can eat, hit home runs easy in Wrigley Field. You can hit home runs easy in, in guaranteed rate. Yeah, that's um, true. I think a that and a bats for the future. It's yeah, but I just think I think Bryant being on a, in the last year of his contract makes sense. Is probably the Look, easiest. If the Cubs will take like Jonathan Stever and another you know you know tier two starting pitcher prospect, I'm all for it. But if they yeah. like Jared Kelly or you know God forbid like Nick Madrigal, don't don't even think about it. Jeez. No, no, hope oh, never. Uh, listen, we're going to – hold on, Billy. <laughs> oh. Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now I can't. Uh, we're going to be right back in a second, and uh, we're going to continue talking about this wild ride of a season that has already kicked off. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, we're back, everybody. I hope you have already bought whatever it is you just heard an ad for. Um, When we left off, we're talking about, you know, potential trade option to come in or if Brian Goodwin's the guy. But, you know... Regardless of what happens next, it's important to note the Sox do have two dudes that are absolutely killing it. We've been talking about Carlos Rodon, who deservedly so is, you know, a, a real contender for a Cy Young at the early stages of the year. We also have your Mercedes. And, you know, we mentioned his name a minute ago. He, he, I think at this point, unless he just absolutely plummets and like goes for a stretch where he doesn't get a hit for 30, 30 at bats or whatever. I think he's like proven that he might be involved in the future of this team, whether they want him to be or not. And for me, it's, you know, it, I'm talking about going out and getting Gallo, sticking him in right field next year, giving the boot to Eaton because you know Spanky can do like three things well, and that's about it. You know, let Gallo play right. He's a Gold Glover out there. Let Robert play center. Gold Glover out there, and you know, uh, let let Eloy and Vaughn kind of swing DH left field between the two of them and let, let Mercedes kind of be like the DH guy. You know, I also, you have to factor in, right. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Billy, but 
Jose Abreu is not young. He's 35 years old. And I'm 35. And, you know, it, I'm granted, I'm not a professional athlete, but it takes me, you know, some effort compared comparatively to do the things it used to. You just have to assume his body's going to catch up at a certain point. What, what is the plan now? Your mean Mercedes is great. What's the plan? Uh, okay. So, yeah, your mean's going to be, he's going to be good. He's fun. Um, I think honestly, I've said this before. I think Vaughn moves to first. Vaughn goes to first where he was going to be for a long time. I think it just sucks because there's because of Bray you had his MVP season in his mid thirties, and you're like, we can't get rid of that. But you can already see Jose really kind of kind of I don't want to say season he's struggling this year, but you, you can see his his older age is catching up with him. Old age, 30, 35. Yes. Yeah, but so so Vaughn is the logical replacement. He was what the plan was. Um, you do have your future center fielders or your future, I'm sorry, outfielders like Cispedes and, and um, uh, who are other guys? Um, I well, mean, maybe this is the big outfield prospect. Yeah, he is the big one. So, so you have that guy coming up, but then you have Robert and, and Jimenez who are, if Jimenez doesn't move to DH, if you're me, if you're still here, then, uh, then he stays DH and Zach Collins, who could call, who can honestly call a good game behind the plate, is your backup catcher until yeah. Grendel takes off. Um, I just, you know, it's it sucks because we've now we've hit a point where we have maybe a little too many uh, good players that we're like we don't we have no idea what to do with you. And you look at Vaughn's development where you're like, if you don't play every day you're going to lose your, you're going to lose that, that number one prospect status. Like not that he's the number one right now, but you know, um, it's the capability of being, he does. So like you either send him down, which you can't really do at this point, or you, you, you keep him in left field. And then when Jimenez comes back, you, you platoon with Abreu, but if Abreu is doing well, where does Vaughn go? Right. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking at it like I, I do think Abreu will finish out his contract as a White Sox player. Um, my question is just, at a certain point, does Abreu realize, yeah, I'm, I'm old and I can't, or does he really want to still compete? And that'll have to be his decision. But I do think at a certain point, if he wants to continue to play, you know, it would either have to be as like a bench player slash coach who doesn't start every day, or he'll have to move to a different. Yeah, team. like like Paulie's last year, Canerco's yeah. last year, right? Where he kind of switched off there with the Brady. He loves the White Sox, so it's possible. Love to see it happen. Yeah, but he Vaughn... wants to. You know, he said he wants to finish his career here. But yeah, you look at you look at the future of the team, and you look at like um, I mean, take Pujols for example. Um, you know, he signed that ten year, two hundred something million dollar contract with Anaheim. Uh, and about halfway through, he stopped living up to what he was doing. But he was also in his mid, he was also like mid thirties to late thirties at that point. He's what, like 41 now or something like that. Yeah. So he's at that age. Yeah. So like, okay. Which is like two, which is, which is like an elderly baseball player. You know, it's not like, you're not like a, you're not like a, an old aged baseball player. You are like, you're in the nursing home at that point. Right. So like forties, it's. Yeah. So like, 
you know, you look at, you know, Pujols, they released him today and that's kind of, you know, that's obviously really sad, but like he wasn't producing. So if Abreu stays along the lines of like that and like what he is now, um, which is like not the hope, you know, I, I don't think he'll, I don't think that'll be the case. I think he'll get his average up, but if he does that in the next year or so, next two years to finish out his contract, I think the, the Sox will be hesitant because they have so much talent uh, right now that, that they'll be fine without him. And it's, it would be a bummer. It would suck because we love Pito, but love Pito. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a statue coming to the concourse at Comiskey at some point in the near future. That man is going into the White Sox hall of fame. 79 is getting retired. He belongs there and he'll always be loved by this fan base. But listen, you know, it is an organization and it is entering a window of contention. His timing was unfortunate. His best years played were probably at the end of a window of rebuilding. And unfortunately for him, the man next up beneath him is, you know, one of the best hitting first baseman prospects in a long time. Now, if for some reason the White Sox, you know, their best option was Gavin Sheets, I could see them waiting on him for a couple of years. Vaughn is so good, you can't keep that bat out of the majors. That's so, right. But like, so, okay, so to go back to your original point, uh, your mean has got a good bat. Don't think he can play first. I no, don't think that's a long-term solution. Don't think he can play first. Don't think he can play outfield. Barely think he can play catcher. He's a right. I think his. I think his. And he's he's, he's going to have catcher, but he's not. Yeah, he'll yeah. have a couple. He'll have a if he stays the way he is, or at least let's like say let's say he bats above three hundred. Right. He'll be the DH for the White Sox for the next couple of years. Um, I think it makes sense that you would see him taper off because he's 28 years old. Um, I don't think he is again, a long-term DH solution. He is strong. He is strong and he can hit. He's a legit hitter. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's good about a Brayu at age 29 and look what he went ahead and did. So I think, I think he'll, I think he'll be with the White Sox for a few years as the DH, but I don't think he'll play any other position. And I, th- I think you'll see what LaRus is doing now too, where he plays him every two games and sits him every two games. And then, uh, yeah. you know, you want to, you want to save that bat, but uh, I think he's a good, he's a good player. He's great. He's not a fielder. He won't be in the field. Agreed. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, somebody who's not doing so great, Liam Hendricks is really concerning me. The hard hit metrics have dropped. Now, regardless, we can already go ahead and know for sure that signing him over Colome was the right decision because Absolutely. boy, oh boy, Colome looks like he's heading for Kelvin Herrera territory pretty fast. He, he might barely be rosterable in the major leagues at this point, but um, you know, Liam Hendricks has given up a couple of pretty unacceptable closer role homers and it's early yet. I get that, but he, you know, he, he came out and he said, you know, and, you know, when I, when I get this contract, you're going to be, it's going to be, you're going to be glad I, you're going to be thinking you underpaid me. I promise. Well, yeah. right now you're looking overpaid. That's, that's the truth. Now I, I like the South side slider. I think he's really cool. I love the fire. Personally, the, in, the curse words just fire me up more. I love that. I, I think it's the passion is coming out. You love to see it, but it feels like that's sort of the problem. It looks like he's kind of playing without passion. Uh, yeah, because he's got, I mean, we're not, we are not, 
our team we're what 16 and 13 or something like that right so like or something barely over 500 right yeah so like you know it's hard to be passionate about a team that's not running away with the division when you have like three teams tied for first place so that's kind of like two pitchers in the bullpen that are kind of seem like they might be better options for the job right uh i think hendricks will be there all year and i think he'll find his groove and i really hope he does because i do like him um one thing i noticed is that is some of his sliders are hanging there, he just doesn't have that. He doesn't have that uh, movement like he did before, like he did last year. And his, but his fastball is killer. And and maybe I'm wrong because I, I got to look at the stats exactly of what like what pitches were hit hard. But his fastball is moving so much, and it it is it's a legit fastball. Um, and I don't know that he trusts it all that much because he's moved to the slider. So. I mean, who knows? I I hope he comes back to what he was, but he's given up. He's given up some dingers that have just obviously lost his games, and and uh, given up some hits that have lost his games. Um, you want to see him? Yeah, he's he's the guy for sure. But because um, we kind of have no other option, that I mean, we do have a couple options, but we as far as like Kopech could close, but he's that long relief in the middle that we need. So yeah, yeah. I would actually say I'd love to see Kopech close like they're doing with Alex Reyes in St. Louis, but because, you know, obviously we, we have two pretty worrisome injuries on crochet in less than, you know, two months worth of baseball. Right. It's kind of something you need to be watching out for. And you can't, you can't assume that crochet is, you know, going to be ready to be the full-time long relief option if he can't stay healthy. You know? Right, right. Um, well, listen, uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. First, we're going to move into the bottom nine, which uh, for those of you who listened before know is our final segment of the show where we talk about all things that have to do a little outside of the White Sox that we love anyway because we just love sports. And we're going to leave that off with the Chicago Bears drafted with the 11th pick in the 2021 draft, Justin Fields of The Ohio State University and the one guy who beat the Clemson kid. What's his name? Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting? No, Lawrence? I'll pick. Not Lawrence. Lawrence? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, right. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Uh, uh, Billy, are you just so excited like I am? So excited. What a move. They had an, they had an A++ draft. I'm so A++. happy. Plus. They, they, they went out. They traded up for their first and second pick. I didn't think uh, they'd have it in them. I, right, I think they listened to the fans. That was wild. I mean, the 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 fact that they traded, uh, only, they didn't get rid of any players. Uh, the fact that they just traded some draft picks is fine with me. I actually kind of prefer that because um, I think it's gonna. I think you're gonna see with if Justin Fields, who's probably not playing the first year, it'll be Dalton. Maybe he comes in later. Oh, you you gotta be wrong. Please no, no, no. tell me that's wrong. No, that's not. That's already what they said. Um, they're saying that, but there's no. Their jobs are on the line. There is no way Andy Dalton goes even week one. Right. So, I'm so here's they don't want to make a mistake like they did with Trubisky, where he comes in too early. Now that being said, Trubisky's uh, teacher was Mike, or was yeah Mike Lennon, right? Mike was his first name. Yeah, but dude, if you're putting your job on the line with Andy Dalton, I know, I know. So oh, here's the thing. So Justin Fields will be in there, and I think he'll probably come in midseason. I think he'll probably start playing midseason. He's not in there week three. But, let's, but, but the dude is so smart. 
And the dude, know, he knows how to play football. Out who said that Justin Fields was the most NFL-ready quarterback prospect in this draft. Yeah, totally. I think I think we're going to see good years for the Bears to come. I think the only worry I had was that Ohio State was not uh, is not a quarterback school. It never has been a quarterback school. I think Craig Krenzel was the best quarterback that came out of there. Maybe I'm sure, sure. there's other ones, but he was one that I can think of. So. I think Justin Fields is going to be the biggest name to come out of that school as far as being a quarterback goes. Quarterback. Uh, I really do. I think he, I think right. we're going to see great years. You could be right. And listen, all I know is that if Andy Dalton stinks on day one, day two, you got to get Fields in there. Um, Bulls totally. are doing uh, pretty poorly. We, we were high on them about a month ago, especially after the uh, Vucevic trade. But, man – Oh, it doesn't look great. Although Levine did come back today and they did win. What are your thoughts on the Bulls? Uh, it's great to see them win. They're not out yet, which is cool. Levine did say you're not out until you're out, which is nice to hear from a guy that's coming back from an injury. Uh, the biggest thing is I think we all kind of know that they probably are out um, if they play the way they've been playing. That being said, next year you, got, you now have just uh, put a guy – with Vooch on there that like is like you're gonna in Levine you're gonna have free agents come in there yeah would love have, would yeah. love to see a, a nice marquee free agent come join the squad um we talked about Chris Bryan a little bit he, he's having a real resurgence this year what do you make of it is it uh is he coming back to normal or is you know this the aberration what's going on here uh I think he's probably coming back to normal his numbers will drop off a little bit like they do but I think he's probably uh this is what he could do injuries kind of screwed that up i get it but look at rodan so there's one example for you um he either really wants to be a cub and get signed again that's why he's hitting all those dingers or he just is this good at baseball yeah agreed uh and then last but not least today is willie may's birthday billy wish him a happy birthday happy birthday willie may's 90 years old that's great Happy birthday, Willie. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Okay. Listen, uh, everyone, we are very grateful that you joined us today. We obviously will see you on the next one here at the Big Blurt. Um, we ha- are definitely going to be having um, a couple of guests coming up. So make sure you are following uh, us online to make sure you know what's coming up. We have a couple of great guests coming up that are really going to please you and uh, are very socks knowledgeable and uh, of course uh, the allens will be joining us soon too uh, also watch for uh, our friends here at Southside socks over at the north side socks podcast uh, i hear that the ghost of charles comiskey is going to be coming on as a guest on their podcast you may want to check that out because it may or may not be really funny i don't know why not that i'd have anything to do with that but uh definitely please keep an eye out for it in the meantime uh, I have been Robert Bobby Coletti. And I have been uh, Bill Mikey. Thank you for being with us today. Please uh, continue to wear your mask. Uh, stay safe. Take care of each other. And uh, get vaccinated uh, when it's your turn, if you can. And um, please, for the love of God, go White Sox. Say goodbye, Bill. Goodbye, Bill. <laughs> Bye, Sox Nation. We love you. <laughs>